Hi, this is a disclaimer that the episode you're about to hear is part of a nine-week examination of the trans allegory of Silo on Apple TV. If you haven't seen it yet and don't want to be spoiled, go watch it and come back after. But seriously, go watch it. It's amazing. Welcome to Tilly's Trans Tuesdays. It's part eight of the unintentional trans allegory of Silo. Welcome back to Tilly Vision. It's time to Silo up. We're going to cover episode nine, and this one has a major confirmation of one of my theses. Tilly Bridges, your host, and I'm joined by my writing partner, my best friend, my wife, our token cis representation, the Squidward to my SpongeBob, Susan Bridges. Yay! That is very accurate. I thought you'd like that one. I love Squidward. And once again, our returning discussion partner, the luminous Samantha Cuddy. Oh, thank you. So happy to be here for Tilly Vision. First contact for all you Star Trek nerds out there. Well done. That's my favorite. Of the movies, anyway, so. It's a good movie. I really love it. It is, it is a really good one. Yeah. Okay, so let's talk about Silo Season 1, Episode 9, and let's talk about Bernard's red-glowing 18 keychain, which lights up when Drive 18, the hard drive George found and Juliet now has with the historical information on it, is active. There seems to be some indication that 18 is, is a significant number metaphorically, there are some who say it represents success or overcoming obstacles with prosperity on the other side or closing one chapter of life to begin another, all of which apply directly to the surface story, but also in terms of the truth of trans people's pasts and of ourselves. I don't know if there's any actually anything to that, but I thought it was interesting enough to mention. Anyway, we get a scene of Billings at home struggling with the syndrome, which is getting worse, and his wife, very cruelly in my opinion, says... When you think about your secrets and your pride about what you're qualified to do, picture your daughter growing up without you. He says that's not fair, and she says that's the truth. Billings is afraid he's going to get outed, or will even accidentally out himself, and what it might cost them. And his wife is telling him to bury it deep, as deep as he can, because he owes it to her and their kid. Obligations. She's never really concerned with what he wants or how he feels. It's all about her. Again, cis people, frankly, do this to trans people all the time. How many times has the Trans Tuesday on cis grief come up? So many. It's one of the major themes of this season, and here it is again. And being a member of the community who's online and talking to people who are closeted and working through this, and when they come out to, like, their spouses or significant others, and they get that kind of reaction, it's like, one of the saddest things I see, yeah. see because it's somebody, because of the obligations, they feel compelled to hide themselves or 
start thinking about actions that are drastic. Like, is this the end of this relationship? Right. Or am I going to have to bury this part of myself for these obligations? It's a lose-lose scenario. It's, nobody's a winner in those cases. Yeah, it's terrible. And it's something that I don't understand because, like, if you don't understand transness, I mean, that that's clearly what those people are are displaying because if you did, you'd understand the pain and the anguish that comes with it. And how could you want anybody that you love to be feeling that way, to be going through that? Why wouldn't you want them to get the care they need to feel better, to be more themselves? And that baffles me. And, you know, I've, I've said before, but I, it's still true. Like, I have zero attraction to men. But if Susan said that she discovered she was trans and wanted to transition, I wouldn't be like, yes, let's do that so you feel better and I'm going to stay married to you forever because I love you. I don't understand the people that can't make that leap, even if the attraction to the, you know, true gender isn't there. It, I don't know. It baffles me. It's a thing I don't understand. You look like you had something to say, Susan. No, I oh. think for some people, different things are important to that. Well, yeah, there are some instances where it's like, you know what? I'm not attracted to the other sex, or I'm not attracted to non-binary people, or right. But like, I'm not attracted to men. But I would never, in a million years, think that that would mean I can't be married to you. No, I can see how some people would feel that way. I don't understand it. They just—they're like, I want to have a lot of sex with people, and if it's not going to be you, that feels weird to me. Okay, but there's still ways to do that and stay married. Yeah, because you love the but, love the person. Like we've been saying all along, there's so much societal conditioning. Yeah, in absolutely. Things are bad and wrong, and some people are just so incredibly invested in that narrative. Yeah, they can't really see it other way. Well, right. I, yeah, that's a good point. I think that's probably what it is. It's the the societal conditioning that you have to be this way, you have to do this, and they can't break out of it. Yeah, sad. Billings. When I was 17, there was another kid, Justin Carlson, who had the syndrome. Most kids didn't know, but I knew. I saw him trying to hide it the same way I did, and he knew I had it too. I mean, I've told you we trans folks can kind of spot each other, but I digress. Billings. One day he approached me and asked me about it like he was trying to make a friend. I hit him so hard I knocked one of his teeth out. I told him if he ever told anyone or if he ever talked to me again that I'd hit him harder. That's how important it was for me to keep that secret, to keep people from knowing that I had some defect, that I was someone the pact said could only have a job with no physical requirement because I was different. I am not limited by what others think I am capable of. There's a lot in there about the ableism in the silo and in our society, but it's also incredibly trans, because transphobes absolutely see being trans as a quote-unquote defect that should limit what we're able to do in society right down to existing within it. And look how Billings resorted to violence against other trans people, simply to keep his own transness hidden. Trans people are human or as flawed as anyone else. It happens. And it sucks. I think it's interesting that looking at, you know, Billings and hiding the syndrome and everything. Yeah. And he's like, I was 17. I like, so no adult around you realize this. And it's probable that they did. And yet it was socially acceptable to just look the other way because you're trying to hide it. You're or he hid it from them too. There's plenty of trans people right. hide it from their parents. I was just thinking about it in terms of like, 
you know, it's socially acceptable to try to hide being LGBT. It's socially yeah. acceptable to try to not be LGBT, even that, though... Not even acceptable, but almost you're pressured. It's preferable. Yeah. That's the, what the, 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 the cishets want you to do. Right. And even if people suspect, they look the other way because that's what's appropriate. Right. It's just kind of an interesting thing I thought. When Judicial raids medical, there's an important exchange where Dr. Nichols says he wouldn't turn in Juliet even if he knew where she was, and asks Sims if he'd turn in his child. Sims says he would, because no one person is more important than the 10,000 or the thousands to come, which is ignoring that Juliet and the Flame Keepers are part of that 10,000 and more will keep being born too. So it's absolutely a lie. But it also further shows his hypocrisy, which we see a lot more of when he sends raiders to watch his wife and kid. His wife used to be a raider and she will not let them into her own home. Again, rules for thee, but not for me. She puts their kid in his bedroom and pulls a gun out of her bag. And again, nobody in the, in the silo can have those. So again, rules for thee, but not for me. And we learn in a moment that she kept a pair of handcuffs too. The rules are only there for the people we want to oppress, but not for those making the rules. As raiders search Juliet's apartment, Billing sees her mirror is smashed. After Judicial leaves, he breaks in and finds a shard of broken glass on the floor. One side is a mirror, the other he can see through. He has proof Juliet was telling the truth. If he's trans and has been hiding it, he know the mirrors were lying to him, right? But he doesn't. He suppressed it so far down to hide it from society that he was hiding it from himself, pretending it wasn't there. He was trying to convince himself he was cis. But we've seen the syndrome getting worse for him. His transness is getting harder to hide as he sees more trans people around him. And something deep inside him wants to be free like them. So I see this glass as a moment of self-acceptance, however small. He's realizing that maybe he doesn't have to hide himself, that he shouldn't have to hide his truth just to make him more acceptable to a highly bigoted society, which tracks perfectly because he then finds the Georgia book behind Juliet's medicine cabinet. The briefest amount of acceptance of his truth has opened him up to learning more about the world, the truth of the world, and of himself. It works so well, it's kind of genius. Bernard has brought Lucas into his office for questioning. Bernard... Would you consider yourself a curious person? You understand what Bernard is asking him, right? Are you trans-curious? Do you have questions about things we told you not to question? Bernard, I understand that you like to go up to the cafeteria at night and chart the lights in the sky. Lucas, just a hobby to pass the time. No, no, I'm not really curious about it. I'm just bored. Ha, ha, ha. Oh, like when we look up things about trans people yeah and sometimes you have to hide that from the people that you live with or what have you because of the way they would react oh no i'm not really i'm not I was just looking at that because i was just kind of curious about it and a little bored ha ha not, not really bernard knows juliet destroyed her mirror destroying the error quality monitor behind it oh more lies right to a trans person's face and he knows she showed lucas a restricted hard drive Lucas says he didn't do anything. I just looked at her transness. I didn't want it. Bernard, the sheriff showed you a restricted red-level relic and you told no one. If you see someone not conforming, your job, your duty, 
Your obligation to society is to turn them in and uphold our power. If you don't, you're one of them. The Matrix films delve into this brilliantly, but let me sum up again as briefly as I can. Trans people aren't a big enough part of the population to affect change on our own. So until cis people stand up as a group and demand an end to our oppression, it will continue. This means by not being an ally in fighting for trans rights, you are actually an active part of the system that oppresses us. They want you too concerned with obligations to realize you're part of the system oppressing the people that are a threat to their power. Bernard is stating that outright from the cis-oppressor perspective. You saw someone who was trans and didn't tell us? That makes you part of the problem. You see what that's getting at, I hope. The oppressors do not care about you. They are using you to oppress us. And the second you even think about not being part of that, you are a threat to them just like we trans people are. And this just plays out over and over again throughout history for the past hundreds of years. We just keep doing the same thing. It's the oldest song and I'm so tired of it. Bernard discussing Lucas's punishment. Considering the scope of your betrayal, maybe a cleaning would be more appropriate. Should I tell people you're trans too, Lucas? Forcefully out you and cast you out from society? Lucas lets his fear guide him. He'd rather be an agent of the system than do the difficult work of having to fight for his right to exist as his true self. And so he tells Bernard what he knows. Betrayal indeed, but not of oppressive society, but of we plainkeepers who needed him. And I just want to say here that it's like, I don't want to make it feel like we're discounting how hard it is. No, absolutely not. Fight against it. It's really hard. The constant fight, it's it's a hard thing to deal with. And especially like where Lucas is like, I have someone who depends on me. Right. And if something happens to me, yeah, it's going to be really bad. Yeah. And like that also plays out all of society. Yeah. I mean, those are like, the obligations right. they want you to have so that you can't do what you need to do. Exactly. I mean, even just like... A quick example, like, what if I go to a protest? What if a fight breaks out near me? What if I get arrested? Yeah. But I support my family. Right. And I have medical conditions where I need medication. What's going to happen? Yeah. Like, and you have to, like, do this mental math. And I've seen people in other countries being like, why don't all the U.S. people just rise up and protest? And it's like, because we can't. It's not that easy. It's not that hard thing. But it's still not good if you sell everybody else out. Correct. Which is the path he has taken here. Yeah, so. it's not great, but it's understandable. Bernard tells Sims he knows he sent raiders to protect his family. They're facing quote-unquote extinction, so dramatic, and he put his own family first. Remember Sims said before he'd turn in his own son to protect the silo, and this is in direct contradiction to that. They're all liars. Juliet finds the video George made on the hard drive. He never meant to put Juliet in danger, but there's stuff on the drive people need to see. The truth. But she has to leave before she can see the rest or she'll get caught. Billings is still looking at the Georgia book, crying because of the truth he's realizing, the lies he believed, the way his entire world is turning upside down now that he's learning the truth about the world and himself. I mean, it's a lot to deal with when it happens, friends. He puts the book in the oven to burn it, but takes it back out and rips out a page, then burns the rest. What page did he save? The one with the beach and the water, the controlled, calm, and ordered peace of knowing, naming, and dealing with dysphoria. 
Juliet watches the rest of George's video. He found the door he was looking for. It's 15 feet high, metal. He can't get through it, but maybe she can. He won't be able to fix society, but maybe she or someone after her can, if the truth keeps being told. Again and again, the more trans people that come out, the more will continue feeling safe and inspired to come out. And you know what it takes to open a 15-foot-high metal door that could hold the answers to everything? Probably a lot of people. George, I'm guessing you're wondering what I did about the water. Well, it turns out it was nothing to worry about. What have I been telling you? What have I been telling you? The water, the dysphoria, is nothing to worry about once you can recognize it, name it, and get rid of it. Now, transition and eliminating dysphoria is not that easy, of course, but, you know, metaphor. Billings, in the sheriff's office, sees a copy of the pact on the desk and puts it away, then takes out the ripped page of the book to look at it. The symbolism is heavy. Put away the false rules of society and look at the truth of what's really possible. Supertext. There's so much supertext. I love supertext. Sims is talking with his wife, and she's upset that Sims was coming with trigger-happy raiders. He says he gave them orders not to fire, but she's been on those raider teams, and she knows what can happen. Again, do you see? They all know it's a dangerous sham. We have one goal, one ambition, and we will not lose sight of that. They have their own desires apart from protecting the silo, even more than we've seen. It's hypocrites all the way down. Juliet then watches the Jane Carmody cleaning. She sees the trees and blue sky and birds outside. Thanks for being here, Samantha. Lovely as always being here. Shit is about to go down, friends. Next week is our stunning conclusion. Do not miss it. Tilly Bridges, End Transmission. Tilly's Trans Tuesdays is hosted by Tilly Bridges and Susan Bridges with audio editing and sound mixing by Gillian Morgan. Special thanks to Daisy and Jane for the use of Sorry Not Sorry as our show's theme music. Please stop by and show your support at daisyandjane.bandcamp.com and soundcloud.com slash daisyandjane. You can find me at Tilly Bridges on Twitter and Hive, on Mastodon at tillybridges at mastodon.social, at facebook.com slash Tilly S. Bridges, and on Insta at Heck Yeah Tilly Bridges. And you can find Susan on all of those at Susan L. Bridges. The Google Doc and social media versions of this week's topic and all past topics are available at TillysTransTuesdays.com. For more information, visit PendantAudio.com. Thanks for listening. <laughs>